This is part one of 2 Thessalonians 3, 6 to 10. Let's just do verse 6. Now we command you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you keep away from any brother who is walking in idleness and not in accord with the tradition that you received from us. So, Father, show us what this kind of tough love looks like, and and we'll be seen very explicitly before we're done that it's love that's going on here in this kind of ostracism. So, please, Lord, teach us the proper role of handling disobedience among brothers that falls short of excommunication, putting them out of the church, and yet brings with it some kind of separation for the sake of love. Teach us how to do this, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So, in the authority of the Lord Jesus, in the name of the Lord Jesus, he makes this command, and he brings that authority with it to give it weight. And the command is to the obedient Christians, not the disobedient ones, not the idle ones, not the idle ones, but those who have to decide, how am I going to relate to these people who have refused to work for a living and are going from house to house trying to get everybody to support them while they're not willing to work? What should we, what, what should we do? And Paul says, Keep away from them if they're walking in idleness and not in accord with the tradition that you received from us. Now, remember, he has already used that word tradition back in 2.15. So then, brothers, stand firm and hold to the traditions that you were taught by us, either by spoken word or by our letter. And one of those traditions evidently addressed this issue of what to do if somebody doesn't work, or the duty of appropriate work in order to support yourself so that you're not a burden to others. And in using the word tradition instead of just teaching, Paul is drawing attention to the fact that he is not a maverick. He's not a renegade. He's not a sectarian. He is actually in sync with others, other apostles, and the earlier church in what he teaches. So that's what tradition implies. So they're out of step with what he had taught them, and he wasn't the first to teach it. And the specific thing that the teaching included was don't walk in idleness. Now, what, what's that mean? What does that refer to? And Paul makes it pretty clear here a few verses later, in verses 11 and 12. We hear that some among you walk in idleness. And here's his explanation. Not busy at work. 
but busy bodies. So the result of their refusing to go to work and be a part of the supply of bread in their home or in their community or in their own lives, the result is they're going from house to house making a regular nuisance of themselves and mooching off others. Now, such persons we command and encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their own work. So that's a Christian responsibility. If you can work, work quietly and earn your own bread. So each person has a responsibility to do their part in bringing home the bread so that we can live. We're not meant to forsake our work and depend on others when we can work. So Paul's counsel to the church is keep away from a brother who's walking in idleness. Now, not that's not out of the blue. He says already in 1 Corinthians 5, 14, we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle. So the ostracism, the stepping away from fellowship, the not being willing to hang out together is preceded and accompanied by admonition. You don't leave people wondering, what's going on? Nobody will walk with me or talk with me. What's going on? They know perfectly well what's going on because the leaders of the church and others have admonished them what the problem is and how they're out of step with the apostolic teaching. And that's exactly the same thing we see here at the end of chapter 3. If anyone does not obey what we say in this letter, take note of that person, have nothing to do with him. That's the same as keep away from him, have nothing to do with him, that he may be ashamed. Do not regard him as an enemy, but admonish him. So now twice Paul has said, get in their face and not as an enemy, but as a brother, tell him he can't live this way and be in step with the apostolic teaching. You've got to change your behavior. So the admonition accompanies and probably precedes this ostracism, have nothing to do with him. So the question is not addressed, well, what if they just pay no attention to the people who are addressing them? What if they go on month after month? Paul has one other thing to say in regard to motivation, namely, if they don't work, let them not eat. We'll look at that next time. But right here, let's close with this focus, that they may be ashamed. We live in a day where it's regarded by almost everyone as wrong to bring about shame in another person. And of course, there is a great difference, isn't there, between shaming people for things they ought not to be shamed for. Like if a person has a terrible birthmark on their face, you could shame them 
by speaking in ugly, insensitive ways. That's sinful. But if somebody is choosing a behavior that is contrary to the Lord and contrary to the apostolic teaching, and you've admonished them and they press on in it, they ought to feel ashamed. And it's right to want this ostracism to have that effect. So let's be biblical. Let's not just be psychological in the way we do our motivating. It is fitting and right to try to bring shame into the heart of a brother for acting not like a brother. So the goal is shame. And clearly, if the goal here is shame, the shame has the goal of reconciliation. Shame is not an end in itself. Shame means I go from house to house and nobody is willing to have supper with me and share their meal. Nobody is willing to uh, go to a movie with me. Nobody wants to spend any time with me. And this admonition makes very clear, no, no, that's not true. We would love to spend time with you. You are, we believe, our brother. Our unwillingness to hang out with you is owing to your dogged disobedience to the command of the apostle. When you humble yourself before the word of God and bring your life into conformity to what he says, everything will be restored.